God is a good God. Now I'm going to go tonight to the book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Amen. We're going to get into that in a minute. It would be great if my voice can just, yeah, that's, that's good now. So I don't lose my voice. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. I want to talk to you tonight on how to uh, protect your heart. How to protect your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lamb of God. How to protect your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. The Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. One of the greatest injunctions, one of the greatest um, instructions, one of the greatest narrative of the Bible that you can hold dear to you is this scripture in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 when the Bible says let thy heart guard your heart, keep your heart with all diligence for out of your heart the Bible says are the issues of life. This is so profound. Every child of God in this building, I want to take you back into the memory verse days where you are told at Sunday school to say it again and again and again so that it can stay up in your memory. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, guard your heart. Proverbs 4 23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Okay, I want you to find an anointed partner. And look into the eyes of that person and say, God, your heart. That's good. If you're talking to the wrong person, change. You have the liberty to change. You don't want to stay beside somebody who is upset-minded. Have you seen a situation where you're talking to somebody, they won't even look in your eyes. Like, God, your heart. Look, I'm here. I'm here. Talk to me. Amen. Let's connect in the anointing. Look at somebody and say to them, God, your heart. Say it again. Say, God, your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life okay look for another partner look at them and prophetically declare into their lives and say guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life okay so so it's important for you to understand the issues of life what does the issues of life mean? The issues of life represent the things that are most significant and the things that are most dear to the narrative of your destiny. Uh, you know, importance is held in priority. There are things that are important. There are things that are very important. And there are things that are very, very important. And the Bible calls the things that are very, very important the issues of life, the things that you cannot miss out on. What are the issues of life? The issues of life speaks about your destiny, your destiny, your assignment, your purpose, your calling in this life. Come on, somebody. It was so good the other time. Something just went on with my microphone. Two minutes ago, it was so good. The, the issues of life happen to be the things that are so crucial things that are that you cannot play with things you cannot mess with things that are 
irrevocable. Sometimes some things are better not lost. I want you to hear me. God is a God of restoration. God always restores. God always gives a second chance. But it's better we don't lose some things. It's better we walk in alignment with God to the level that we are not able to walk out of the timing of the Lord. Or we are walking out of the blueprint of God for our lives. It's better that we align ourselves with God and we maximize the issues of life. The things that pertain with the anointing on your life. I want you to hear this. Those things are so crucial and they are so important that you cannot joke with them. You cannot trade with them. You cannot allow anybody to rob you of them. You cannot allow anything to talk you out of those things. Because those are things that have eternal value. Those are things that are beyond the parameters of this life. I want you to listen to me. The more important something is, then it comes from the inside. The things that are less important, they, they, they stay on the outside. Okay, they originate from the outside. The more, the, imp the, the more important something is, the more it stays in your, in your spirit. And that's why Jesus said, it is not what come, goes into a man that defile him, but what comes out of him. You've got to pay attention, I want you to hear me, to the narrative of the inner workings of your spirit beyond what's going on around you. Too many times we pay attention only to the things around us and we pay less attention to the things going on within our spirit. Okay, because the important things, they don't really happen around you. The important things of your life, they take place within you. And that's where you need to pay attention. Alright, don't pay attention to what people are saying about you. Pay attention to the voice of the Spirit of God within you. Pay attention to the things going on inside your spirit. If you can protect your inner man, you have destiny. If you can always protect your inner man, you have a destiny in God. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. As long as your inner man is on track with God, you will always win. Come on, somebody. And that's why the Bible says, God, your heart with all diligence. Now, because the things that are important, they happen in you. The Bible calls your inner man your heart. Your heart is the place, hallelujah, that determines the totality of or the scope of what's going on inside you. And that's why you hear some people say, my heart is broken. When your heart is broken, everything in your life is broken. If you lose money, you can get it back. But if your heart becomes broken, you've lost everything. If you lose some, if, 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 if somebody walk out of your life, somebody else can come into your life. But if you have lost your morale, you've lost your motivation, you've lost your drive, you've lost your sense of purpose, you've less, lost your sense of identity, the devil will put an all-time battle against your heart. Because the devil knows that your real destiny lies in the things that are on the inside of you. And that's why wise people, they know how to cultivate their own heart. 
how to protect their heart how to protect the narrative of, your, of their inner man because they understand it does not matter what's going on around them they will always have a victory story but what matters is what's going on in you what's going on in you that's what matters so your heart for number one is the temple or the altar of the living God your heart I want you to hear this your heart is the altar of the living God your heart is a place where the spirit of God fellowships with you that, that's the most important part of you listen to me we can have music here we can have amazing music we can have amazing musicians just like we have in SLC <clears throat> we can have amazing atmosphere look at the lighting it's so heavenly you could just walk into this room and feel the, 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 the warmth of the Spirit of God. But if your heart is not there, it's not going to bless you. So your heart is the seat of worship. Your heart, woman of God, is the altar of worship. If your heart is not connected to somewhere, it doesn't matter what's going on around, you will not be moved. And that's why God is in a place. And somebody's like, I can't see God. Everybody is getting blessed. Everybody is raising their hand. Everybody is, is saying, wow. But somebody said, I don't even know what's going on there. Why? Because their heart is disconnected. So the devil knows if I can steal your heart, if I can disconnect your heart, I can steal everything from you. That's why the devil will try all he can to steal your heart. And that's why the Bible says, don't care too much about what's going on around you. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. God cannot talk to you because your heart, being an altar of worshiping, giving praise and glory to God, is also the channel through which God downloads and communicates his will into your spirit. So if your heart has become hijacked by the devil, number one, you will not be able, you got to hear this, to bring quality worship to God because you are distracted, because you are not connected. Number two, you are not able to receive from the Lord. And God is always talking. God is always downloading and releasing the misery of his will. But too few people are receiving not too many people, a whole lot of people are not able to download what God is saying. Why? Because their heart is disconnected. Whenever somebody's heaven is closed and the word of the Lord is not coming to you, check your heart. Whenever the glory of God is moving in a place and you cannot tap into that glory, check your heart. The devil wants at every point in time to disconnect our heart. From receiving from God. That's why the Bible says guard your heart. Protect your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Number three, your heart is the place of stewardship and service. Every service that you bring to God that is not coming from your heart will not be acceptable. And that's why Jesus said these people, they worship me with their face but their heart they worship me with their mouth but their heart is far from me 
So whatever you are doing in the house of the Lord, whenever your heart is not connected, it's not going to have any eternal value. You can shout loud, you can preach loud, you can roll in the church, but if your heart is not there, it does not give glory to God. Okay, so number four, your heart is the place of fellowship with other believers. Number one, your heart is the, is the altar of worship to God. Number two, your heart is the point where you receive what God is saying. Number three, your heart is the place of stewardship and service. Number four, your heart is the place of connection and fellowship with other believers. Have you ever been in a place where people, they praise you in, the, in your face, but behind you, they just throw their nose at you? Like, because their heart is not what? With you. When your heart is with somebody, you can go to any length with them. I want you to hear this. The Bible says that God made the heart of, 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 of Jonathan to become one with the heart of David. Now, you got to hear this. This is so powerful. The word of God says that David was being pursued by Saul. He was pursuing Saul into the jungle. And Jonathan was the first son of, of, of Saul. And that means by implication, the throne was his right. And the reason why David uh, was being pursued by Saul was because uh, Saul had imagined that David was going to steal the throne away from his lineage. And he was going to become the next king of Israel. And by implication, he was fighting for Saul, for, for, for Jonathan. But the Bible says the heart of David connected with the heart of Jonathan. That Jonathan even told David, David, my heart has become one with your heart. And such that if the Lord has commanded you to be the next king of Israel, I will be delighted and honored to be your assistant. He told him that. He told him that. Why did he say that to him? Because his heart has become one with the heart. Of David. My God, the Bible says every man seek his own, but a faithful man who can find. I pray that God will bless you with three people in your life whose heart are truly connected with your heart. Am I talking to somebody right now? You can have 500 people around you who are in your life for the wrong reason. You can have a million people around you who are lousy and who sing praise you in your face, but their heart is not connected. When God gives you somebody whose heart is genuinely connected with your heart, you don't have to watch your back with them because they will not hold a knife to your back. Even if they see your back, they will cover your back. Is God talking to somebody right now? We need to come to a place of heart connection in the church. We need to let the believer know that the days of surface level playing game relationship is over. God is calling his people into a kingdom heart connection. The people that will understand each other's process. 
that will understand each other's purpose, that will understand each other's power, of people that will not be envious or jealous of one another, but will stand with you through the thick and the thin and says, my heart is the same as your heart. I will pray for you when you are low. I will not criticize you. I will not judge you. I will not wait for you to turn your back so I can pull out a knife and put it to your back. Is God talking to somebody right now? So your heart, your heart is important for fellowship. Number five, your heart is important for your own assignment. You will never be able to effectively cultivate the call of God on your life if your heart is not there. Everybody need to hear this. There is nothing of value that you are going to do that will be easy. Nothing significant that you are going to do that will be easy. Do you know why some people never amount to greatness? Because they like easy things. They like convenient things. They like easy go lucky things. Whenever something is becoming uh, difficult, they pull back. They're like, I, I can't handle it. I, can't, I don't think God is calling me into this. You know why people begin to second guess what God is calling them into? Because they imagine in their mind that if God was calling them to do something, it should be easy. And so they judge the call of God by how easy it is. Come on, somebody. And whenever there's a trouble, I don't think it, the Lord is calling. No, God is calling you. It's only the devil bringing warfare. There is nothing of value in your life that the devil will not contend for. Am I talking to somebody? There is no promised land that does not have giants that are occupying the promised land. There is no greatness that you are going to attain to. It doesn't matter. In ministry, in career, in business, in marriage... You've got to roll up your sleeves and put up a fight. And the only way you got to hear this, that you are going to continue to stand your ground in the midst of adversity is when your heart is there. Paul the apostle, he knew that God had called him to do great things. His heart was made up. I'm talking to somebody right now. When he was going to Jerusalem, the Bible says in the book of Acts, there were certain prophets that came to tell Paul not to go to Jerusalem. You got to hear this. Paul said, my heart is made up to go to Jerusalem because that is where my calling is at this season. The word of God says even one of them, his name being Agabus the prophet, he had held his girdle like his belt and he came and he wrapped it around, I mean he, he, he took the girdle of Paul and he put it around the hand of somebody and he says the spirit of God says the man who owns this girdle so will he be bound in Jerusalem and Paul said you don't even know who you're dealing with. I'm not ready to not only be bound in Jerusalem but I'm ready to, to die in Jerusalem because my mind is made up. Do you know why people give up easily? Because their mind and their heart is not in that assignment. Am I talking to somebody right now? Somebody might start a journey with you. If their heart is not with you, they're going to throw the, the towel on you. Somebody might start a relationship and say, oh, I love you, heaven and earth. I want to be with you through the through the nail. I want to go with you to Babylon and back. But if their heart is not there, when something begins to shift a little bit, they begin to say, well, I, I want to seek the face of the Lord. And it's funny how we spiritualize the things that we are not ready to do. 
Uh, have you heard some people? That it's, it's just them. They just don't want to go. They're just stubborn. Am I talking to somebody? They're just stubborn, like, I got to seek the face of the Lord. I'm sick of, you know, you're not seeking the Lord. You know you never even prayed one minute. Come on, y'all need to help me here tonight. Because there's a whole lot of church-going people who are going to use the Lord to, as an excuse for everything. You don't want to do something. Just tell somebody, I don't feel like eating. I mean, the Lord has told me. The Lord has told me this. The Lord has told me that. I'm praying upon the Lord. I'm waiting. No, you are not waiting upon the Lord. You are just not in the mood. You, know, you just don't want to go. So your heart is crucial. Because my worship is important to me. Because that I'm able to receive from the Lord is important to me. You got to hear this. Because I'm able to pursue the assignment on my life is important to me. Because I'm able to connect in a healthy way to the people that God is going to connect my journey with. It's important to me. So I need to protect the sanctity of my spirit and of my heart so that I will not, hallelujah, be dissuaded. I remember just over the past weekend, uh, Sister Jennifer had posted a video about the service on Wednesday on the, on the social media. And then when she posted that video, it was just about a couple of seconds clip, say 40 seconds of worship. And when I watched that video, I would just cry. And I don't know why I just cried. And then I said to myself, well, I'm not going to cry again because now I'm going to get used to the video. And then, and then I'm like, I'm going to just get used to it. And the, and, and, the, and the anointing that's gripping me will probably just, I will ride over that anointing. But each time I watch it again, I will be moved to tears. Just watching it in, in seconds. And I said to God, what's wrong with me? Am I talking to somebody? I said, God, why am I crying like that? Because I don't think that I'm a very sensitive person like that. Why am I crying? What is wrong with me? And then I heard the Spirit of God said to me, do you mean to say what is right with me? Am I talking to somebody right now? Because the Lord told me, you got to hear this. He said, may your heart not be so hard that you don't get moved at the presence of God. Oh, you didn't hear that somebody. May, I don't want to mature to the level that the anointing does not move me anymore. Okay, you got to hear this. I don't want to be so familiar with the spirit of God to the level that his anointing means nothing to me. I don't want to get used to this supernatural that every time that I come into his presence, I'm doing like I'm the expert of supernatural. Uh, I don't want to be a professional with God. I don't want to be a professional preacher that I have now mastered the intricacy of preaching or you have mastered the intricacy of singing and worship. You have mastered the intricacy of, of playing instrument that you don't feel the glory anymore. May God bring tears to your eyes every time you worship. Make the power of God bring brokenness to your heart. May God cause your feet to collapse at the place of his presence. May God cause your hand to crumble and to cripple until everything that is flesh in you surrender to the authority of God. May your life never get to the point where you know the Bible too 
much that you can quote the next thing the preacher wants to say and the word of God does not minister to you anymore whenever you are not able to respond to God something is wrong with your heart your heart is already sick your heart is already hardened to have a hardened heart is a dangerous thing you can something might be wrong with your ear something might be wrong with your mouth something might be wrong with your heart all of that it, it can be fixed but when your heart becomes sick when your heart becomes hardened when you don't feel the presence of God anymore when you don't feel conviction whenever you do something wrong and you behave like it was nothing and it's business as usual it means that your heart is already sick may your heart not be so hardened to the presence of God that you don't move at the word of God that you don't run at the word of God that you have become casual you have become familiar you have become ordinary to the presence of God somebody need to ask God heal my heart heal my heart a hardened heart is a dangerous thing the Bible says God he told Moses he said I have hardened the heart of Pharaoh God put hardness to his heart it does not matter how many miracles he saw it will not move him and that's why some people come to church year after year but nothing happens to them they are never touched they are never moved everybody is getting slain they take a pride in the fact that they've never been slain everybody is getting healed they take a pride in the fact that nothing has ever touched them and and they be the believer that they are the gauge if the anointing is there why am i not getting slain they think that their heart is good but something is sick in your heart lord heal my heart and connect my heart to your presence everybody say yes lord the enemy will try to attack your heart the bible wants your heart to be certain way there's an acid test to a healthy spiritual heart there's an acid test to it and before i get into the acid test to a healthy spiritual heart i want to i want to highlight a few things that you need to watch out from that the devil will put in your heart number one thing you need to watch out from is watch out for hardness of heart hardness hardness listen to me the lord has given me and i was saying that to the leaders at supernatural leadership institute the next class is the week after this one so you all get ready it's gonna be great we're gonna take it to the next level i said to them when a patient comes to the doctor look at my eyes everybody what is the first thing the doctor would do to know what's what's going on with this patient the doctor would test what the pulse when the doctor tests the pulse of the patient what is the doctor looking for it's looking for heartbeat why is the doctor looking for heartbeat because the rate at which the heart is beating determines the state of health of that patient i want you to hear this if god is going to use you in ministry one of the things you need to have a sensitivity discernment for is god revealed to me the heart of people you gotta have it you gotta have it because you see my assignment is so important i cannot have people whose heart is not connected with me on some levels in my ministry in my life no i can't have it I can have everybody stay on the outer court. But if you're going to come in the inner court, I need to feel the pulse of your spirit. 
by a, am I talking to somebody? By a spirit. That's why the doctor would test your heart. He would test your heart. Because not everybody's heart will be on the same level. Not everybody. And you know what? It's not a sin for your heart not to be on the same level. It's not a sin. You, you own your heart. Amen. You can do whatever you want with your heart. But I know the importance of my assignment. That I will not let any heart that is not right. Hallelujah. I feel the pulse of your spirit. I don't look in your face. I pray. I pray. The Bible says Jesus did not commit himself unto man. For he himself knew what was a man. And by the same sort of discernment. If God is going to bring people into your life. You have to feel their pulse. In the spirit of the Lord. And then sometimes. Hallelujah. You have to, to know by the spirit of God. What's going on. What's going on. Somebody's talking to you. Somebody's saying. Oh I'm going to love you. You got to feel their heart. God said, God, show me their heart. Show me their heart. You want to go into business with somebody. You got to say, Holy Ghost, show me their heart. Yeah, before I put $50,000 into this business, Lord, show me the heart of this person. Before I walk through the journey of life with you, I got to see your heart. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, it's important. Tell the person that I say, it's important that I know where your heart is. You, you got to know where people's heart are. Because every, everybody's heart is not on the same level. The Bible says 10 spies were sent. Two came back with good report. And two and ten came back with evil report. Because their heart was not in the promise but in the problem. And every time in ministry that I'm feeling somebody's pause. And I'm discerning that there is instability in the rate of their heart. Amen. I'll tell them stay where you are. Let God fix your heart first. Am I talking to somebody? Do what? Stay where you are. Because I'll tell you the truth. If somebody's heart is not right with you. Look at me, somebody. If somebody's heart, for whatever reason, is not hard with you, you will babysit them through the journey. You're going to do what? You're going to babysit them through the journey. You have to keep explaining yourself every day. They're going to look at you and say, why are we here again? Can we remind me what we're doing here? <laughs> And you have to cast the vision again. Like, okay, you know, the Lord told us, you know, go to, go to Toronto. I will give you the Toronto. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, really? All right. I got it now. And then, and two days later, like, uh, could you remind me again? What are we doing here? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I told you before, right? The Lord said, let's do something great, blah, 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 blah. And then when a problem comes, they're like, is this supposed to be part of the promise? I, I don't, cause I don't get you. Why, why are we here? Why are we? Why are we? Why, why are we broke? Can you remind me why we are broke? Is it, uh, why, why don't we have a job like everybody else? If, imagine my wife's heart was not with me. How hard my journey will be. She would have said to me sometimes, "Baby, are we supposed to be living all this life with going back, back to back? When are we? Are you sure this this is the life?" You explain yourself to people when their heart is not with you. You know what? Don't try to work the journey with people whose heart is not with you. Amen. When the Bible, the Bible says when God told Gideon to find men, he found some people and he told them to drink. Amen. The Bible says everyone who were drinking with their hand because God was testing their heart. Hallelujah. They could not go to battle. Remember when the Bible says in the book of 1 Samuel, the Lord told Samuel to go to the house of Jesse and announce, and anoint his son. The Bible says when he found somebody by the name of Eliab, the first son of, 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 of Jesse. Scripture says, the Lord said, I have rejected him because I have examined his heart. 
For man look on the outward, but God sees the heart. Okay, so God could have said, well, he looks great. My God. God would have said, look at him looking muscular. Even, even Samuel the prophet, he was deceived by his looks, by his charisma, by his demeanor. But he says, this man, amen, is right for kingship. He's the right candidate. But God says, no, because his heart is not right. You got to hear this, somebody. When people seem not to qualify because they don't have such and such skill. If their heart is with you, God will put the skill they need in them. But if people, even if they are overqualified and their heart is not with you, God will disqualify them. Am I talking to somebody right now? It's important that you journey with people whose heart is with you. Amen. People who are joining with you through their heart. People who believe in you. So there's a hardness of heart that sometimes comes through experiences that people have been through. You got to hear that some people have been broken down through life that they have become hardened. They don't want to love anymore. They don't want to believe anymore. They don't want to connect anymore. They are just hard. I'm not saying they can't be healed, but let them get healed first. Before you commit to somebody. And that's why we always tell people who are coming out of one relationship. Don't have a bounce relationship. Don't rush into another so that you can escape the pain of the previous. Because if you run into another relationship, you are going to have this continuation. Because you might have changed address, you might have changed partner, but your heart is still not healed. Come on somebody. And that's why it's important that God heals our heart first. Some people's heart are hardened. You can't move them, you can't shift them, and they think they are strong. No, you are not strong. Your heart is only hardened. Okay, you've got to have a healthy heart. A healthy heart, amen, means you cry when something, hallelujah, touches you. It means you can see things around you and be moved. It means you can come to the place of worship and be broken down. No, you are not strong. Your heart is only hardened. God needs to heal your heart. When your heart is hardened, you lack compassion for people. You look at things through the eyes of formality and legalism. And when things don't fit into the mode of your perspective, you cast it down and you say, this can't be right. God needs to heal the hardness of our heart. Somebody lift up your right hand and say, Father, heal my heart of any hardness. This is good. Because God wants to use somebody. And the place that God is going to use is your heart. Number two, double-mindedness in the heart. The Bible says, for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that one think he can receive anything from the Lord. Some people are double-minded in their heart. They really don't focus entirely on anything. They, they are here today and they are there tomorrow. And they are just bouncing around. And they are tasting anything presented to them. Anyone that will succeed in life, they must come to a place of being grounded and founded in the truth that they have found. Okay, you cannot leave your heart to float everywhere. You cannot just be, you know, moving around and not be certain. Your heart must be sealed. 
with the word of God when it comes to certain things. When it comes to your faith in Jesus, your heart must be sealed. Some people's hearts are not even sealed in who they are in God. They are not sealed in their heart. They are not sealed. And that's why, you know what, it's open to discussion. Some things in my own life are not open to discussion. It's sealed. It's complete. You can't argue it. You cannot question me. If you woke me up 20 years, 200 years, I will give you the same answer. I'm not confused. I'm not confused. I'm not confused. I'm not confused. I'm not still asking. I know certain truth. And those truths set me free. I'm already resolute in my mind about certain things. you got to come to a point where you have actually had an introspection and you are sure of where you're going about certain things. you you got to come to that point. We are nothing shaky anymore. Paul the apostle, he was so resolute in his mind about the call of God on his life that he said nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Look at my somebody. You got to be so stable. You got to be so grounded. You got to be so rooted in your own truth and revelation about God's character and about the consistency of God in your life that nothing else matters. Listen to me, I would rather die, and I say that humbly, than to shift my conviction about certain things. Yeah, I would rather die. What, what will I be outside of those convictions? Who will I become? What will I say, I, what will I say happened to me? Or oh, somebody said to oh, apostle, we just thank God for your life. We thank God for the simplicity of your ministry. And we're just afraid you remain like that. I said, what will I change to? Change to what? What will I, what will change me? What do you think would change me? Into what? He said, what, what? Money? People? Praise? People, what? Prosperity? What is it that would change me? Paul the apostle said, not even anything in this life. He said, not even death will be able to change us. What will I change to? I've been running this race for 30 years. If I wanted to change, I would have changed somewhere around the 17th year, 15th year, 12th year, 13th year, amen? Maybe 7th year, maybe 12th, maybe 17th, maybe 20th year, maybe 22, maybe 23. But right now, I'd rather die than to change. Change to what? I want to be like Jesus. Am I talking to somebody? I want to be like Jesus. I want to see his glory in my life. I want to see his character in me. I want to see he's not about you. It's not about what I have. It's not about money in the bank. It's not about the praise of men. It's not about an international ministry. It's not about you praising me. It's what, what? I just want Jesus to be glorified. That's what I want. That's why I'm living. That's why I'm preaching. That's why I'm here every day. That's why I'm here every night. That's why I'm preaching to 50 like I'm preaching to 50,000. Because it doesn't matter how many people are there. I have made up my mind. I've made up my mind to live is Christ to die is gain I've made up my mind nothing you can offer me can change my mind you can't talk me out of it am I talking to somebody somebody say oh they are now initiating pastors they're all joining a call for free money free this free that everybody is now using witchcraft people are now faking miracles I say, are you serious are you serious me me to do all of that I told my wife, tell these people that they are backing at the wrong tree because this boy is going to make heaven. <laughs> I'm go Look at me. I'm going to heaven. It Amen. God forbid. God, God forbid. God forbid. If somebody dies and open their eyes and I'm not there, it's not heaven. <laughs> 
Am I talking to somebody right now? You better say, get me out of here if apostle is not here. <laughs> because I gotta make heaven. I'm talking, I say I gotta make heaven. I gotta make heaven. I'm going to heaven. I've made up my mind. Nothing that anybody can give me, can talk me out of going to heaven. Gotta go to heaven. So your mind must be stayed on him. Bible says he will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on him. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. You got to tell everybody, there's nothing you can offer me that can shift me out of my conviction of who I am in Christ. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You can't bribe me out. You can't talk me out. You can't persuade me out. You can't, you can't foolish me out. I have made up my mind to do the will of God. I believe it. I believe it. I ask God to put people in my life whose mind is made up on the journey that we are going. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not saying, God, please, maybe 50,000 people. No. If I have 50 people, even 5 people, that I wake up and I know that I have no question about where your heart is in the journey that God has called us to walk. I know that there is no mountain we can climb. There is no demon we can cast out. There is no, no error we cannot forgive. There is nothing so bad that God cannot fix all we need is that our heart needs to be stayed together it's important come on I say it's important 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 and there's another heart and I'm going to stop with that and begin to give you the remedy for the heart because the devil is trying to attack our heart but we need to protect our heart Tell anybody, don't mess with my heart. Yes, because my heart is my altar. Yeah, my heart is my altar. I have to keep my heart at peace. I cannot, listen, do you know why you, you don't have the capacity to hate on people? Not because some people are not deserving of hatred. But because your heart is so precious that you cannot let hatred stay there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, I can't put hatred there because you are going to walk out through the door. But what's going to happen to my heart after I allow you to put hatred into my heart? So when you walk out, I'm going to deal with the hatred that I let you put in my life. I cannot allow hatred. My heart is too precious that even though a part of me is trying so hard to hate on you, I'm going to let the love of God rule in my heart because I'm the one carrying the heart inside me. You're going to feel your heart more than the person that you're, that you're hurting. Oh, you think you can, you can be mean to somebody because they did something to you. Don't you know it takes a mean person to be mean? And they already made you mean. Oh, somebody's getting blessed tonight. Guard your heart. Say, I guard my heart. That's why the power of God, especially for those of you going on CIA, you cannot function in CIA if your heart is not already sanctified. Your heart must be sanctified. Because if you are trying to minister healing to people and you still harbor something in your heart, the power of God will not flow through you. You can, you can shout and yell and do all that, but you will not be an instrument. 
And somebody said to me, Apostle, how is it that you are able to just go into the supernatural in split of seconds? I said, because there are no hurdles to cross. You know, every time you want to minister, you have to first clear your heart for 20 minutes. Before you even finish clearing your heart, the Holy Ghost is gone. The service is over. The service is over. Every time. Come on, somebody. You come to every service with bitterness. You come to every service with envy. You come to every service with unforgiveness. You come to every service with, you know, hatred. You come to every service looking suspicious at everybody. And then we are using the first 40 minutes to clear your heart. Before we finish clearing your heart, the anointing has lifted. You got to keep a clean heart. Is God talking to somebody right now? A pure heart. So that when you come, you are ready to receive instantly. Is God talking to somebody tonight? Oh yeah, we, we've got work on our hands. We've got so much work. God is going to trust some of us with assignment that must be executed in seconds. And that's why we cannot be waiting and say, oh, I want to go clean my heart. Yo, wait. You want to you minister to somebody? They're like, you know what? Wait, I've got to clean my heart. Okay. I'll come back and pray healing for you. Let me just run to the altar real quick. Father, I know this person offended me. But Lord, because I want to minister healing. Lord, please let me get them out of my heart. Okay. All right. Are you still there? The, the demon. The demon. The demon has even said, who is he messing with? This one is not right. This is not a warrior. This one, this one is himself a candidate for deliverance. <laughs> this is not a warrior. A warrior must be war ready. This is when your heart is not ready. You are not ready for battle. Nobody keeping in your heart is worth it. It's not worth it. You must walk in love and forgiveness. Am I talking to somebody? Number three, and I'm going to stop there, is a crooked heart. What a crooked heart. What makes a heart crooked is when the carnality and the spirit of God is fighting in a person. And then they have not surrendered to the supremacy of the will of God. Then their heart becomes crooked. A crooked heart is a heart that is mischievous. Because the natural man has his ways. And the spiritual man has his way. And the way of the natural man is contradistinctive to the way of the spiritual man. But now because this person comes to church. But yet they have not surrendered the totality of their heart to the control of the spirit. So Jesus is their, is their savior but he's not their lord. He's not controlling their lives. So there are still some of those ideas of the old man that is still trying to fight the spirit of God. So what does that make them? It makes them crooked. So they have a crooked, twisted perspective to the things of the spirit. Have you ever told somebody that the Lord told you to tell them something and you said it from the spirit of God, but because their heart is not strengthened, they cannot receive it. Every time the word is coming, they interpret it through the perspective of the natural man. And every time a word comes to them and they receive it, it means that word is in line with what agrees with them in their own natural perspective. But if something does not agree generally with them, they begin to think this word is not even for me. Why? Because their heart is what? Crooked. Crooked. 
crooked, crooked, crooked. And they, inter they judge things by the natural eyes. When you see somebody who is looking through the crookedness of their heart, they look at people and they, ev they evaluate them based on what their senses tell them. Because their heart is what? Crooked. They don't move out of spirit. But when you know how God works, God hides treasures in the, in the earthen vessel. God can hide glory in a place that you don't suspect. Okay, that's why God can send somebody to you. But when your heart is crooked, you miss them. Because you are judging them by what you see. A crooked person is trying to picture a revelation by the natural interpretation. No, they don't get it. They don't get how God works. They're just going to look at something and they're like, oh, this cannot be God. This cannot be God. Why? Because it does not align with what your mind tells you. If you're going to ask God to heal your heart from crookedness, you have to submit your ideas to the authority of the word of God. Is God talking to somebody right now? You got to let everything in you to be submitted. You're going to look at a man, a man God sent to you, you know, to, to be your husband. And God has already hidden this man. You don't know that there is a treasure in this man. But God has hidden that treasure. He might just be going through a phase in his life. He might even be hiding all the glory on him. And then you look at him and you're like, okay, hmm, what you're driving? Hmm, okay. So, so you bought a house? It's like, uh, well, uh, okay, yeah. Okay, what's your degree? Okay, I heard you. Okay, all right, I'll get back to you. Because the heart is what? And what, what is causing the crookedness? Because there is a what? A conflict between the what? The natural man, the carnal man, and the spiritual man. They are worried. Boop, 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 boop. And this, this person will go to the altar and say, Lord, bless me. Bless me, Lord. I, whatever you say, Lord. God will say, really? Really? Whatever I say? Really? Really? You give my word to that person. It's like, the Lord told me to come tell you something. Say, really? So, how long you been saying? You sure God told you that? Okay, I don't think so. Because they are imagining that God will come through the natural context. But the ways of the spirit, woman of God, is not the way of the natural. He said, my ways are not your ways. When you submit to God, submit to God completely. Somebody say, yes, Lord. When your heart is in alignment with God, you have already turned down every stronghold and everything that's conflicting with the glory in your spirit. You've torn it down. You're not trying to imagine your own ideas, but you are letting God's will to be done in your life. Is somebody ready to follow God's way? God never moves as men move because our heart needs to align with God. I've learned in ministry, woman of God, not to judge by what I see. Mm -hmm. If you're judging people by how you see them in the natural eyes, you're going to miss out on the people God will bless, used to bless you. Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to somebody? Some of the people, I want you to hear me, some of the people that God has used me to bless and cultivate, and some of the people have put up with like this woman of God. You know, I put up with her a lot. Amen. <laughs> they become some of my greatest blessings. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody right now? If I gave up on her when the going was tough, amen, I would have thrown away all the blessings that she is to me today. Is God talking to somebody right now? 
but because I put off, amen. (laughs) (laughs) I put up with all the growth process. Today she's a powerful woman of God. And she's been of enormous financial blessing to this ministry. I'm not kidding. You don't even have a clue. She's been enormous. No, I'm not talking about, you know, blessing, standing with me and looking after personal things, you know, with me in poverty. She's she's blessed us financially more than most people in Canada. Sitting down there on a Zooming, pouring into the ministry in volumes. I can't even tell you, you probably collapsed. Why? Because God put treasure in the earthen vessel. And I, I put up with it. <laughs> I was patient with it. I'm like, oh my God, what will I do with you, Elaine McRae? <laughs> Many days I've said that, oh my God, what will I do with this woman? <laughs> what shall I do with you? But today she's a blessing. Come on, somebody. If you are not ready to see people as God sees them, you cannot get the blessing. You can't get the blessing. Am I talking to somebody? She's a blessing today. She's so indispensable today that just stand, having her around me, my wife said to me, other than my mother, she is the biggest blessing I have in person right now. It takes a lot for a woman of God to say that. And that doesn't come by just people walking around your life in two weeks to feel your pulse. Okay, are you are you doing apostle? Amen. Glory to God. It comes through people, hallelujah, staying with you through the thick and the thin. When a woman will pack a bag, amen, take everything she got and put it all in a box and drive and come across the nation with you. Because not because she don't have a life, she has a great family, extended family. She has lots of grandchildren of her own that she would love to cuddle every morning. Come on, somebody! But she left all of that in order to walk the journey with us. And you think God will look at somebody like that, and God will not honor her? And you think God will not cause her to walk in an anointing that is great and unprecedented? You need to prove your heart through service. You need to prove your heart, Amen. Through stewardship, Amen. Glory. Of God, somebody give God praise in this building. So, I'm not doing camouflage ministry, I'm doing real ministry. I've, I never look at people through the eyes of the natural, I never look at people and say, Oh, this one, hmm, she don't work much. This one, okay, tell this person I'm not there. This one, she seems like she has some money. Let, let this one come in. Ask Minister Maria May, have I ever given preference to anybody to come and see me on the account of what they are worth? Never, I don't have such time. In fact, I don't know the people I'm going to see. Ask her. I don't know who I'm going to see. Every day I come to the office and they are showing me. I tell my wife, every day, tell me two days ahead who is coming so that I can at least pray. But sometimes it comes a little late. I don't mind. I go there and then I see whoever walks through the door. Every day I'm asking them two minutes before, who is coming next? Who is that person? They mention them. say, really? Who is that person? Try to match something to the name so I can remember. And they tell me because I don't know everybody by personal name. And then they tell me who it is. I say, okay, that's good. I don't, I don't, I don't get into all this crookedness. It's, it's God talking to somebody. All this crookedness of mixing the perspective of the natural with the spirit. I don't have time for that. We have to move in the spirit. And some people, they think everybody is crooked like them. Amen? Have you met crooked people that think everybody is crooked like them? 
and they cannot even trust the integrity of your own heart because there is no integrity in their own heart. The Bible says to the crooked, all things are what? Crooked. To the righteous, all things are righteous. If you, if you pour something into somebody who has no capacity to receive, they're going to be suspecting you all the way. Why do you keep suspecting everybody? Because you are suspicious. Because your heart is not even right yourself. We are in a season. Listen to me, everybody. We are in a season where the glory of God will fill the earth. And the saints will be in a place to receive. Because their heart is right with God. Is God connecting your heart right now? Come and say, Father, connect my heart with your glory. This is our year. I can't take it easy. There's an anointing on my life. I can't look at somebody and say, I can't take it easy. So we have to protect this heart. We have to do what? We have to protect our heart. We have to protect the integrity of our own heart. We have to protect the integrity of our own heart. We have to do what? Protect the integrity of our own heart. We have to protect the integrity of our own heart. We have to protect the integrity. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life we have to protect the integrity of our own heart it's very crucial we are in battle you have to protect your heart listen listen to me the devil will seek to attack your heart and I'm, I'm about to close now how will the devil attack someone's heart we want to go by planting seeds into the heart that's how the devil attacks their heart he wants to do what? Plant seeds into the heart. He wants to plant seeds. I want you to mark the word. I did not say he wants to bring, hallelujah, a machine gun. I didn't say the devil wants to reinforce your heart. No. He wants to plant what? Seeds. It's very tiny. It's very subtle. But it's very real. Well, I'm talking to somebody right now. It's very unassuming. It's very pretentious, but it's very real. It's a seed. You know how tiny seeds are? The, they are? You can't even see some of them. Some of the seeds are like microscope. You don't even know when it's been scattered on your heart. And that's what the devil wants to do. Do you have a destiny in God? Do you have a calling to greatness? Is God calling you to do great things? Then protect your heart from evil seeds. Now, how do those evil seeds come? How do they come? They come as subtle words. And some of those words, they come as suggestion. I want to take you into the Garden of Eden. The, when the devil was going to, hallelujah, afflict the heart of Eve, he started to plant seeds of doubt. Seeds of doubt. Look at my eyes. The devil said, is it true that the Lord God has commanded you not to eat of any of the tree of the garden it did not act like oh woman you don't want to obey God you want to eat of that fruit the, I'm the devil and I'm very evil and I've come to to tempt <laughs> I've come to bring temptation to you and when I bring this temptation you will fall you and your husband and when you fall you'll be naked now <laughs> And you will lose the glory. And all your generation will be thrown into utter darkness. Okay, so get ready for the temptation. Now, if the devil... 
<laughs> if the devil tempts like that, nobody will fall. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody right now? If the devil tempts like that, he will not be smart. Nobody will fall. But he comes subtle. Subtle. They don't want you to find out, but they are poisoning your heart. Am I talking to somebody right now? They are what? Poisoning your heart. They begin to suggest things. Really? Really? Why are you even serving God? It's all. Why is it that every temptation comes as a question? <laughs> it doesn't come with a man with a force. It comes. Is it true the love of the Lord? Is, why, why are you still serving God? You are still going to that church? <laughs> you are still going there? Okay. You are still giving. All right. Okay. You won't say I didn't tell you. <laughs> That's how the devil starts. Suggesting seeds. 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 That's why we must be resolute in our minds. Listen to me. Listen to me. If anyone is trying to pour seeds into your spirit that conflict with what God said to you, shut it down. If Eve had not entertained that conversation, maybe something else will have happened. Once you, listen, once you begin to open the door to suggestions of things that does not align with the will of God for your life, you cannot control the narrative. You know, I've heard some people say to me, you know, I'm a very mature person. I just hear what anybody wants to say, but I know what I'm going to do. No, you don't. The moment you hear, they will, they will misguide you. God is talking to somebody. You got to be careful who you are listening to. Guard your heart. With all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. The devil has anointed some tongues. And he has sharpened those tongues. And their assignment is to slay weary souls. They are looking for gullible people to upset their faith. Some people are not going anywhere. And they want to have people that will join them to stay where they are. Am I talking to somebody right now? They're not going. They are not going. Anything you call in church, they will criticize. Am I talking to somebody? Anything God is doing, they will find a fault. The moment some God is doing something, the Spirit of God is saying something, and the first thing somebody says is how to criticize it. Run from them. Did you hear me, somebody? The first thing, everything God says, we don't even know what is behind it. We don't even know. Every time the Lord says, do evangelism. Hmm, 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 we don't know about that. God says, move in the spirit. Ooh, this is, there's a reason. There must be an agenda behind everything. They cannot take the word of God as the word of God. They must find their own meaning to the word. Run from people like that. People will always ask you questions to doubt the integrity of God's word. Or to doubt the integrity, I want you to hear me, of the person, of the man of God, the oracle that God is speaking to your own life, you got to run from that person. Now, because, listen to me, you cannot have two perceptions about something. Did I just bless somebody? I'm about to close now. You cannot have what? No. You can't believe the same thing about somebody. You can't believe two things about one person. You cannot believe that God is moving through a vessel, that God is using prophetess, and at the same time, 
that, that woman of God, she doesn't care about me. I can't believe the two together. If I believe she doesn't care about me, then I will not believe God is using her. If I believe God is using her to bless me, then I will not believe that she doesn't care about me. I can't believe the two at once. So as long as I want to continue to receive from her, I must intentionally shut down any narrative that tries to tell me that God is not using her to bless me or she doesn't care about me. And you have to come on somebody, determine and choose what narrative you are going to believe about somebody. Because I don't want to stop getting blessed from that vessel. Because my perception is so crucial. It's the state of my heart. Am I talking to somebody right now? You know, we're in a new season. We're in a new what? We're in a new season. And the Lord told me to cultivate you. To get you ready. Because some of you are going to move in the supernatural. You're going to do miracles, signs and wonders. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. And you're going to need that heart. You're going to need that heart to receive a, an idea for a business, a multi-million dollar business. You're going to need that heart. Your heart is blessed. Everybody lift up your hands. Come on, lift up your hands. Those whose heart have been broken. Those whose heart have been, have, been, have, been, have been bruised by people. Those who have loved and trusted in the past. And men have, they have, they have just, you know, broken your heart time again and again. And you cannot believe, you cannot trust, you cannot hope, you always doubt. I ask God to heal your heart. Come on, somebody. Come on, can you stand to your feet in this building right now? Please, there's a power of God coming. You're about to do great things. Ask God to heal your heart. Come on, tell God to heal your heart. Come on, stand to your feet, everybody.